0: Welcome back to the Ease Anxiety Podcast. Today, I had the absolute pleasure of talking to Emma. She is such an inspirational story of anxiety recovery, and she shares how she turned anxiety from being her enemy to her ally. Emma shares where she's come from in her anxiety struggles, the journey that she took through them, and how she got to the other side, where she is living a life now filled with adventures, climbing, and solo hikes. Yes, you guessed it, without anxiety. So let's dive in. Have you ever wondered why anxiety just won't budge? Like, what is it doing here anyway? Welcome to the Ease Anxiety Podcast. I'm Deanta Fuchs, a psychologist turned international anxiety coach, and I'm on a mission to share a new perspective on anxiety that puts you firmly back in control of your life so that anxiety no longer interrupts you. So grab your cuppa, get comfy, and listen in as we demystify, destigmatize, and deconstruct what you think you know about anxiety so that you can finally do what you have struggled with for so long, ease anxiety for good. Well, hi, Emma, and thank you so much for joining me on my podcast and being open to having an interview with me. I know that it can sometimes feel a bit scary to share your story to the world, but I must say that it's really important for people out there who are struggling with anxiety to have some hopeful stories. And I guess this is why it's such an honor for me to bring on past clients or other people that have had a struggling mission and have come out the other end so that they can can share a little bit of hope and inspiration. So thank you so much for being here. Well, I'm really happy to be here, Dee. So let's just jump in. And can you tell us a little bit about what you've been through, your
1: anxiety, kind of just tell us a little bit about your story, if you will. Yeah, okay. So I think I realised actually that I've probably had anxiety since I was a kid. Um, As a child, I didn't know that's what it was, but I was very anxious um, around my mum. She was quite volatile, so we had to kind of make sure that we didn't upset her moods and that kind of thing. Um, And that created um, anxiety as a child. I really struggled to eat um, and was just generally quite a a nervous kid. Yeah. Um, But then I kind of left home, went to university things seemed fine. Um, I guess I had slightly high functioning anxiety, mm-hmm. but I was able to kind of throw myself into a career in London and do all the usual things, get on planes, travel abroad um, with no issues at all. Um, until kind of my early 20s, early to mid-20s, I suddenly had my first bout of really high anxiety. Um, I didn't really know what it was. I didn't know where it had come from, what had caused it and um i just kind of struggled along with it by myself i didn't kind of seek help for it um it was it was a bit of a battle it did impact my life Um i was with a long time partner at the time we stopped going abroad Um i stopped kind of being able to drive to my parents on my own um but eventually after about three or four years it just suddenly kind of disappeared and stopped coming so I thought, okay, hey, it was a blip, you know, one of those things. Maybe it was time of my life. or So I just ignored it and carried on with my life. And then that long-term relationship ended in my early 30s. And that's when the second bout of anxiety really hit me. Um, and the same thing, I didn't really know what it was. I knew I wasn't feeling right. But I didn't really understand what the anxiety was. I just knew that it was kind of stopping me from doing quite a lot of the things I wanted to do. And again, I just kind of, I just kind of battled with it and fought through it. And again, after a few years, came out the other side, and it kind of um, petered out and stopped. And my life became much more settled. Um, I met another man, we got married, I had a good career, we bought a house, um, and I just thought, yeah, that's that's never coming back again. And then my mid forties really was when my life began to unravel, um, within the space of 18 months. My marriage ended. That was quite traumatic. My, I discovered my husband had been living a secret life, um, and had had numerous affairs throughout the whole of our marriage. Um, and then a few months after that, my mum passed away very, very suddenly with no warning at all. Didn't even make it into hospital. And then six months after that, my dad passed away. So everything in my life just completely uh, fell away. And I did my usual thing. I threw myself into my career and sorting out uh, selling the house. Um, I had to sell the house because I couldn't afford to buy my ex-husband out. So I was kind of dealing with estate agents and funerals and wills and, and just kind of put everything on the back burner and just kept busy and focused on what I needed to get done. And then about four months after my dad had died, the house finally sold and I decided I was going to take six months out of work. I was going to move to the other side of the country and take some time to try and find out what I wanted for my life, who I really was, where I wanted to go in the future. And the idea was I'd go for six months and then after six months decide, do I stay here and make a go of it or do I come back? Um, And I did the move and six months in, I suddenly started to experience the anxiety again. I knew at that point what it was, um, and so I did seek out some private counselling. I now know it was completely the wrong sort of counselling for what I needed at the time. And about two months into the counselling, uh, I went back for a friend's wedding. And when I came back over Christmas, I just had a massive breakdown. Everything just kind of got on top of me. And um, yeah, it was terrifying. I'd never experienced anything as intense as that. The counselor that I was seeing at the time diagnosed me with severe depression and anxiety. And um, there I was kind of on my own in a new place, knew very few people, um, having this having this breakdown, wondering what on earth I was going to do to, you know, kind of pull myself together. I did go and see my GP. Um, I didn't want medication. At the time, um, it was actually something that I was more afraid of taking medication than I was of my symptoms. Um, so I was referred to my local mental health team who, um, referred me for a mindfulness based stress reduction course. Okay. Which was amazing, but that took five months to come through after seeing the doctor. Um, and I did have six sessions of counselling as well. I decided the only thing I could do was kind of try and resource myself. So I took a couch to 5K, started running, and volunteered two days a week in a garden that was open to the public. I helped out at dog training class. I just tried to get out of the house as much as possible. And just, I kind of thought I'd push through it again because I'd pushed through it before in the past. Yeah. But this time, you know, it, it was different. This time the symptoms were, were really high. But gradually, little by little, after over about six months, things started to settle down for me. But the one thing that I just could not shift was the, the stuck anxiety. It was a lot less. You know, within about four months of starting to feel better, I got myself a job and I had to push through loads of anxiety, kind of starting a new job and then a year after that i bought decided that i was going to settle here and i bought a house and i had to push through loads of anxiety around buying my house and yeah it just it was just never ending and i just in the end i just got worn down i i done everything i possibly humanly could to try and you know come out of it the other side but it was really impacting my life it was preventing me from really kind of embracing the life that I'd made for myself in this new place. And it was, yeah, it was robbing me of my joy. Yeah.
0: It's so interesting when I speak to people who who I work with or who I meet when, when I'm chatting to people with anxiety, there is this common thread that says, now that I look back, I realized I was anxious when I was a child. But before anxiety was there, they hardly would have thought that they were anxious. And many people have the story of, having an experience of anxiety throughout their lives, sort of on and off. And then this concept of white knuckling through it, pushing through it, right? Like just getting on with it and pushing it aside and, and yeah, it does subside to some extent, but then there's always another episode that follows. And so I guess this is exactly the story that you're telling, right? Like there is some anxiety in the background that you didn't realize was there until you now look back. And then we've had these sort of episodes throughout life, often coinciding with pretty big life events. So we can understand why you'd feel anxious at those points. But then we kind of culminate in this big one that happened more recently, right? And as you say, you kind of managed to white knuckle or push through it, but there was still an element of it being stuck. Can you talk a little bit more about that stuck piece that was there?
1: Yeah, I think knowing what I know now, you know, from doing the boot camp, I was actually generating a lot of my own anxiety by trying to get rid of it. And it, you know, it's so kind of, um, it's so counterintuitive, but I was beating myself a plot around, you know, I should have been stronger, you know, I should, you know, I'm not the sort of person that has a breakdown, you know, why did that happen to me? It was my fault. I should be doing this. I should be doing better. I should be able to go and, you know, stay with friends. I should be able to be working full time because I had only gone back to work part time. Um And actually so much of that was was what was keeping the anxiety stuck and just generating more and more and more. And I was just so hard on myself over it. You know, and the way I spoke to myself, it was like, Oh my God, you're anxious again this morning. What the hell is wrong with you? Why can't you just be like everybody else? Why can't you be a normal human being? You know, you're, you yeah, it was, it was, I was so mean to myself. Yeah. And so that was what was generating what, what was keeping the anxiety stuck is I was in this kind of loop. I was so anxiety felt so unsafe that I was completely anxious about having the anxiety because anxiety, having anxiety meant I couldn't work full-time and I couldn't earn enough money and I couldn't maintain friendships and I couldn't visit family. Um So yeah, it just, it was just going round and round and round and round in a loop. Yeah. It, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing
0: that. I think what's really important is this concept that people say anxiety is the reason that I can't do these things. And so anxiety becomes this enemy or this thing that we become afraid of, but really anxiety is there because there's something else going on that's making you not be able to go to work or hang out with friends, right? It's the belief about self as being not good enough or being judged or I'm not performing in a certain way. And then we're anxious because we're worried that that is true. And then we blame the anxiety that that's the reason why we can't hang out with these people, but actually there's this other stuff going on underneath did you find that to be true as you kind of worked through
1: your processes? Definitely, definitely. I mean, yeah, a a lot of what my problem was, was that I'd lost a lot of self-esteem. I didn't value myself. um, I couldn't see why people would want to spend time with me or hang out with me, you know, especially not in this kind of broken state. And I'd completely labeled myself as like, you know, I'm broken now. No one's going to want to, you know, to know me, um, I'm a, like a shadow of my former self, um, and it was the beliefs that I had about myself that were that were keeping the anxiety stuck. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, what did eventually work for you? Because I know you you
0: did implement so many things, right? Like, as you said, kept yourself busy, forced yourself out, like <laughs> super high functioning. <laughs> so, what was exactly. the thing that kind of eventually? shifted that for you?
1: Well do you know I, I spent a lot of time as anxious people do researching to death you know what my magic cure was going to be and of course there's a lot of people out there offering you know help for anxiety um, and I did a lot of kind of like free master classes and stuff but nothing really Nothing really kind of rang true for me. And then, you know, there are people out there that charge a lot of money and you kind of think oh, you know, that they just kind of want your money. And then I kind of came across you um, and listened to your masterclass, your free masterclass, and it was just like somebody had switched a light bulb on for me. What you said made more sense to me than, you know, six months of counselling and, you know, any anything that I – researched or read or listened to Um, and as you know my anxiety kind of said well you know you've tried everything else this won't work either it's just somebody else wanting your money for you know an anxiety cure (laughs) and I nearly joined the camp for like three times and then chickened out Um, and then I think I emailed you or you emailed me or I emailed you and you said why don't we just jump on a call for 30 minutes and let's chat this through because When you're anxious, it's really hard to allow yourself to commit to something like that because there's that fear, if I really do invest in this and it doesn't work, then that's it. I really have tried everything. And if this doesn't work, it's kind of, you know, it feels kind of like, you know, game over. Um, And then I just thought to myself, you know, when I bought my house, it needed so much work doing and I was happy to kind of invest the money in, you know, making my house, um, you know, a safe house to live in. Why was I not investing that same kind of money in, in myself, you know, in making me a safe place to live in? Um, so I just bit the bullet really. And, and I remember signing up and then just feeling so super excited about the bootcamp starting because I just felt finally, you know, I've, I feel like I've really done something for myself that feels really hopeful and positive. Um, and just, yeah, just, the way that the bootcamp was structured, you know, being with other people doing it as a group kind of cheering each other on you being our own little cheerleader on the sidelines for us every week. Um, and this whole theory about, you know, it's not the thing you're anxious about doing. It's the anxiety about being anxious that's keeping you stuck. And it just, it was just like, wow, that's totally it. I'm not actually scared about driving to my sister for the weekend. I'm scared about being really anxious there all weekend. It was a massive, massive help. And it just, it just really, it tipped my thoughts around anxiety on their heads because my whole thing before had been, got to get rid of the anxiety, must fight the anxiety, must get rid of it, must push it away, must fight it off. I never for one second thought, embrace the anxiety, let it in, don't fight it, accept it. Um, allow it because it feels so counterintuitive to do that but that's exactly what stops it hanging on so tight. 100% but that that kind
0: of level of acceptance and I mean you've seen it right because you you hang out with me in different circles as well so we've got lots of people that are coming through this process and learning to accept anxiety and it's not an easy thing or I run masterclasses or I've got a Facebook group and I'm I mean, I mean, I'm shouting it from the rooftops. Accept anxiety. This is the thing that's going to get you unstuck, right? And many people think, oh, that's simple. I'll just do that. But it isn't a really simple process. So, th- I mean, it feels no. like there's other things that you were doing or realizing or learning that was enabling you to really lean in and embrace that anxiety.
1: Can you share a little bit about what shifted for you? I think, um, yeah, it wasn't like an overnight instant magic cure, And I did the whole trying to accept it. So I was trying to, saying to Anxiety, Anxiety, I accept you, but it was like I was crossing my fingers behind my back. Um, Please work, please work. (laughs) Yeah, and Anxiety was like, well, you're not really accepting me, are you? Because you're, you are you know, you're crossing your fingers behind your back and you're pretending to accept me. And I kind of, I understood the concept, but I was, I guess I was almost overthinking it. And then, I know I've spoken about this before, but we were, we were in one of the sessions and I just suddenly said, hang on a minute, Dee, so what you're telling me is that I have permission to be anxious. And you said, yeah, yeah, totally, that's it. And it was just that moment, it was like, I don't have to fight this. I'm not flawed if I give myself permission to be anxious. I'm not broken if I give myself permission to be anxious. People aren't going to run screaming when they see me if I give myself... <laughs> permission to be anxious and understanding that those anxiety symptoms as uncomfortable as they can be are not going to kill me they're not going to send me crazy they're not going to put me into hospital so I can go and do something and have the anxiety and yeah it's not going to be the best feeling in the world because it is going to feel uncomfortable but I am going to survive it it's not going to kill me and if I actually accept well I'm going to go and do this thing and and actually There's a strong possibility I'm going to be anxious while I'm doing it, but that's okay. I know that that's not going to kill me. As soon as you allow that, the anxiety kind of loosens its grip a little bit because it's like, oh, okay. Okay, yeah, you're not trying to fight me off. You're not trying to push me away. You're accepting that I might come along for the ride, so I don't need to kind of shout at you so loudly or hang on so tight. Yeah, absolutely. Because really anxiety is there to get you to pay attention, right? And
0: if we're not going to pay attention, it's just going to get louder. And the other thing I always like to share is that if you're fighting something, if you want to be at war with something, it has to be in your close vicinity. Wars are not, fights are not fought over continents. Like you have to be in the same space. So being at war with your anxiety means that you have to hold it close. It has to be there the minute you stop that fight, it's free to release and to move. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about where you're at now, right? Like you've come from not being able to drive, really being anxious about going to work, having your breakdown.
1: But now things are different for you. So can you share a little bit about where you're at now? Things are very different for me. I mean, I'm still a work in progress, that's for sure. But the, the, I think the way that, the way that the, the boot camp kind of supports you into setting achievable but meaningful goals has really kind of helped me to set myself little targets and and set goals that I know where I, I can't fail at so that I'm not then going to go, oh, you know, I tried that and I failed again. Last year, I went away on my own for a week. Uh, it was like a four and a half, five hour drive away and I went walking the, the coastal path. For a week, I was pretty sure I was going to have some anxiety because the last time I went, I had a lot of anxiety. So I just said, okay, I'm going anxiety. You're welcome to come along. I'm driving. You can sit in the back. Yeah. Off I went and no anxiety, not even a shred of anxiety at any point during that whole week, purely because I'd said, if it comes, I'm, it doesn't matter. I've felt that I've been able to be um, quite a bit more vulnerable with friends in, in kind of sharing some of the struggles that I've had and the response I've had from most of my friends has been I totally understand I've had you know periods when I've been really anxious as well um, and as a result of that a friend and I are planning to go away for a couple of nights um, after Easter and in the past when she's mentioned it uh, I've made it a million and one excuses not to go to the point that she actually shared with me she just thought that I didn't want to spend any time with her away over the week
0: yes. over the weekend
1: <laughs> which kind of really broke my heart because she's my closest friend you know um and when I explained to her no I've you know I have this issue with anxiety now I'm actually really excited about going away for the weekend rather than dreading it yeah. because I know okay, if I get anxious it's fine we'll, we'll just work through it you know. It's it's not going to kill me. It's not going to ruin the weekend. She's not going to not want to have anything to do with me if I get anxious while we're away. Things like car sharing, I could never car share. So sometimes I meet friends to go hiking in the mountains and we'd meet in a central point and then we'd car share, but I could never do that. I'd have to drive myself in case at any point I needed to get myself home. Whereas now I don't even think twice about it. Quite happily, you know, jump into someone else's car and let them drive. And I'm just finding joy again in the things that are meaningful to me. For a long time, I didn't even think about the future or or goals because it just, just literally, I, I guess I was in survival mode. I was literally just winging it day by day. Whereas now, you know, I'm, I'm starting to think about my future and have little goals and little plans. And what's the next thing I'm going to do to challenge my anxiety? And just generally much happier in myself, much, much happier in myself and a lot kinder to myself.
0: Beautiful. We've gone through the process of being able to accept anxiety, to lean into it and to to just bring it along for the ride. And that's changed so much for you that you can see that there's a future, you can make goals, you can do so many more things with freedom, right? But there is another piece that has been going on in the background because as much as we just want to accept anxiety and allow it to be there, we also need to listen to what it's asking us to pay attention to. And so anxiety has been asking you to pay attention since you were little and then various times throughout your life. So unless you listen, it's not actually going to subside, yet it is subsiding for you, which means that you must be listening. So what is it that you're learning from your anxiety outside of just learning how to accept it?
1: I think I discovered really that the thing that my anxiety was trying to get my attention about was that um, I needed to be safe and the way that I could be safe was to make sure that everyone around me was happy, that everyone around me was going to stay and not abandon me and in which case I needed to really people please, really make sure that everybody wanted to be around me, really make sure I didn't give anyone any excuses to abandon me. and. That in that case, anxiety was almost, was, it was getting me to, it was getting me to make sure that I was never going to be abandoned. And I think that's why I had so much fear around spending time with friends, going away with friends, driving to spend time with my sister. All of those things involved having to not have anxiety in order to be acceptable.
0: Absolutely. And then needless to say, it came up big and strong when relationships ended, because that's a form of abandonment, right? And then moving to a town where you know no one. Yeah. Big stuff. So I guess, so anxiety is asking you to pay attention to the fact that you have to work really hard to never be abandoned, but you're not doing that anymore. So we've learned something new,
1: right? About ourselves or? I am totally acceptable with or without anxiety. Absolutely, 100%. And I have value. When we form friendships with people, it generally, you know, it's a two-way thing. We enjoy each other's company. Um, we support each other. We're there for each other. And I always expected that I would be the one giving in a friendship or a relationship. I needed to be the one that was always there for the other person. I, I never accepted the fact that it could be the other way around for me. And that wouldn't make me a burden or make me somebody who was um, going to kind of bring the mood down or, you know, I could be the person that turned to other people for help uh, and I wouldn't be abandoned.
0: You know, the more I have these conversations with people as as beautiful, brave and honest as you are to share. So thank you, Emma. I really appreciate it. Um, and the more I look at myself, right? Like this is a journey of self-discovery as well. As I do this work with other people, I'm always seeing myself reflected in their stories And the more I do this, the more I come to realize that our anxiety peaks when we believe the lie that at the core of it, we're not good enough. And so when we pay attention and we start doing the work, we begin to realize, actually, I may just be good enough. And when you start to learn to accept that, that I belong, that I'm good enough, that I'm safe, that I have everything that I need to cope with difficult situations, then anxiety can subside as well but there's there is this sort of three part process and i think As I'm working with others, I'm, I'm developing my programs to include more of this, where instead of just focusing on trying to accept anxiety and, and learning to be with it, because of course it's a mammoth portion of it, we also need to do the work of, of healing that root cause, of healing that inner belief or that lie that we've become to believe that's causing the anxiety in the first place. Because if you don't do that piece as well, then the anxiety is going to keep reminding you of how inadequate you feel or how incompetent you are or how unlovable you think you might be. Um so those pieces really have to be healed as well. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. The core belief work that we do in in the boot camp um is really pivotal. you know, I found that really pivotal. It really opened my eyes to the things, the lies that I believe about myself. Yeah. And when you when you can change your thinking around how you think and feel about yourself, it's not like a sudden overnight clap of thunder and you feel completely different. It's like, a, it's like a slow kind of drip, drip, drip. And little by little, it kind of builds on itself. And you start kind of changing a little bit of a thought about one thing, and then that helps you change another little thought about something else. And then it's like a snowball effect. And then I suddenly found myself just singing around the house and I'd think, oh wow, I'm really happy today. Where's that come from? or just, you know, feeling feeling good about myself and not really knowing how that had happened, but realizing that it was just that little drip, drip, drip at a time and that build, gradual build and understanding those core beliefs is so important in order to be able to do that.
0: I always say that anxiety or any emotional response that we have runs far deeper than just the feeling that we're having. We really do need to address that underlying stuff as well. And slow and steady always wins the race, right? So it's always the slower, gradual changes that we make that land up having the longer lasting effects. I always think about, you know, treatment versus painkillers. When people pop a benzodiazepine or a tranquilizer, it certainly works 100% in the minutes. But it doesn't give you long lasting effects because it's going to wear off and eventually you're going to be back at where you were. Or, you know, when we kind of do those big lose weight, um, lose weight journeys and then we drop the weight really quickly, but then we pick it up just as quickly afterwards. But when we kind of do a lifestyle change or the deeper work, then we tend to have this sort of gradual change that then becomes the long lasting effect. So. I'm just so honoured to watch your journey and so privileged to have been part of that. I really, really oh, honour you. Thank, thank you me. so much. I yeah. not have done it without you, oh, for first. sure. Definitely. What, would, what one piece of advice would you share with people who are still struggling with anxiety?
1: I think it would be as counterintuitive as it feels, stop fighting your anxiety. Try and befriend it. The harder you fight it, the tighter it will cling on. If you just give it some space to be around and you give yourself that permission to be an anxious person without beating yourself up or telling yourself you shouldn't be anxious, or those little voices in your head that tell you, you know, you're not good enough because you're an anxious person. If you can just allow yourself to be that anxious person, it will relax naturally and it will it will just loosen that grip. But it does take a leap of faith to do that. You have to believe that that's how it works. Um and you've kind of almost chicken and egg, you've got to do it to believe it. And you've got to believe it to do it.
0: Yeah. So tricky. So tricky. But you did it and look at the results you're getting. Yeah. So thank you so much for being here and sharing that with me.
1: Oh you're welcome Dee. Anything I can do to help get the message out. Well that was the interview with Emma. Pretty awesome, right?
0: I just wanted to hop in, though, and say that things have changed just a little since she completed the EASE Bootcamp with me. You see, the EASE Bootcamp has now been updated to being the EASE Mentorship. And this new program is designed to include even more therapeutic work to identify the root cause of anxiety, to heal those core beliefs and past traumas, and to really dive into removing the anxiety about anxiety. So if you're interested in joining the Ease Mentorship program, then feel free to hop on the notification list with the link in the show notes. So that wraps up today's episode. And I have a huge favor to ask. If you found any value in what you heard today, please be sure to leave a review. I assure you it is not to stroke my ego, although it does help me to know that you love the show. But to help the algorithms get this episode into the hands of others who might need it. Make sure you follow the Ease Anxiety podcast so that you never miss a future episode. And lastly, I really love to connect. So find me on TikTok or Instagram and be sure to say hi. All the links are found below in the show notes. Thanks for tuning in.